Today is Friday, December 18th, and on this episode of the Friday Rundown on Wisco Weekly, Pete Buttigieg named the Department of Transportation Secretary. The Alliance of Automotive Innovation makes their pitch, and also stocks to follow that could benefit from a Buttigieg Department of Transportation reign. All this on the Friday Rundown on Wisco Weekly. Round you lose. Welcome to Friday, another Friday, Friday, December 18th, and we're nearing the end of the year. It's getting so close, my friends, and I will tell you this. I feel very grateful, and I hope you feel grateful that you have gotten this far, considering everything that has happened this year. It just seems as if that this has just been a never-ending nightmare no matter how much you are a glass half full person this is just one of those years that has been extremely hard in every facet of life that you're trying to find ways to be positive you're trying to find ways to improve upon life you're trying to find ways to stay alive and we've gotten this close to the end of the year it didn't start off great for me personally i was very much saddened by the death of Kobe Bryant. And now we are getting to the, what I would like to rationally say, the midpoint of this pandemic. I am probably not as optimistic as a lot of the pundits and experts are about the vaccine now rolling out and how that's somehow going to bring back this normalcy of life. I I think that is actually a very, infant and immature uh, response to what has really transpired this past year in terms of not just job losses, but again, it's taken away the right for people to earn a living. Uh, For those that follow Dave Portnoy, I think he commented on this point, and I think that couldn't be more true as we move forward, that we, we have just gotten to this point that there are people that are, aren't allowed to, to work and to earn a living. And, you know, I'm doing this recording, as a matter of fact, in the Czech Republic right now. Yes, indeed, I am in Europe. I'm here for the holidays, uh, celebrating Christmas and New Year's with my in-laws. And the one interesting thing about some of the things that are happening in Europe is they're going to be going through lockdown, you can say, 25 for most of October and November, uh, they, the, the specifically the Czech Republic went into a second lockdown. Towards the end of November, schools started to open up. And then by the, I think it was the first Thursday in December, I think the economy then opened back up, restaurants opened back up. And then now as we are at December 18th, they're going through kind of another partial lockdown. And the 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 temperature here is slightly different where you will or or not will but you have restaurants that are starting to protest and their protest is different than the protests that are happening in America where in America a, a lot of Americans just want the right to earn a living they just want the right to work here in the, the Czech Republic they're going they're going to be protesting about having more government handouts. And, and now that sounds a little bit more of a 
um, you know, kind of a, a glass half empty way to look about it because at the end of the day, they are still, they, they want to make a living, but the, you know, the way government and the way society is set up over here, a lot of what you have to depend upon comes from the government. And so for the folks here in the Czech Republic, when they are looking to protest, they are looking to protest in order to get funds to keep their businesses alive. And that's what the, you know, kind of what the meaning of work is over here. Now, for the week of December 14th through the 18th, there's one particular news item that interweaves itself through the three things I wanted to bring up today. The first thing that serves as really the spider that is creating its web around the issues of, of this particular week was the nomination of Pete Buttigieg as the transportation secretary under Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So Pete, if you recall, was one of the Democratic candidates for president. He was a very well-spoken, eloquent individual, very much considered to kind of be Obama-esque in the manner of how he speaks and his ability to think through different answers and questions and his even ability to tell stories. So again, Pete is a guy that is very well polished. He attended Harvard and he majored in history and literature. And, and after Harvard, he attended Pembroke College at, at Oxford University, the prestigious Oxford University. And then after Oxford in 2007, Buttigieg became a consultant at the Chicago office of McKinsey and Company, where he worked on energy retail, economic development, and logistics for three years. He joined the U.S. Navy Reserve, and uh, during his mayoral term in 2014, he did serve a seven-month term in Afghanistan, or he was deployed to Afghanistan. Uh, so Pete has this combination of public service, and a very well-educated individual. Some of the things that uh, he was able to accomplish or some of the things that happened during his tenure of, uh, as mayor in South Bend, Indiana, was that he had helped sell off 71 city-owned properties. And an example of this is the Bendex Corporation headquarters and factory which the city sold to Curtis Products in 2014. He also took a golf course and again, sold it to a private company. One of the perhaps stains on his record, and if you recall from the primaries, there's a particular group, a community of individuals that unfortunately did not back Pete as much, and that was the black community. One of the reasons for that his stain as mayor at uh, in South Bend was there was a program he had created called Vacant and Abandoned Properties Initiative. And it was known to essentially tear down and build or revitalize a thousand properties in a thousand days. Now, he set out to accomplish this and he did. 
He actually was able to uh, revitalize and build out a thousand properties in, in, in a thousand days. Actually, it was a little less than a thousand days. However, what did end up happening was that there was a backlash given the fact that many of the developments uh, were targeting communities of color. The houses that were demolished, the buildings that were demolished were in communities of color. And so that was a bit of a stain on his record with regards to um, Pete's relationship with the black community. Now, with regards to Pete's record when it comes, or he doesn't really have a record really when it comes to transportation or any kind of specific background, the closest that his background could match the position of transportation secretary was in 2013, where Buttigieg proposed a smart streets urban development program to improve South Bend's downtown area. This smart streets urban development program is your, I mean, I'm going to call it a cookie cutter program where you're looking at, or what he did was convert one-way streets to two-way streets. Uh, he implemented traffic calming measures. He widened sidewalks. He did some street-side beautification, which includes the planting of trees and installation of decorative brickwork. And he added some bike lanes and introduced roundabouts. So the elements of this project were completed in 2016, and it was, I'm sorry, it was completed in 2017. And the project was credited with spurring private development in the city. When Pete was running for president, uh, he did propose a $1 trillion U.S. infrastructure project that would occur over 10 years. And it, he estimated he would be able to create 6 million jobs. His plan focused on green energy, protecting tap water from lead, fixing roads and bridges, improving pu public transportation, repairing schools, guaranteeing broadband internet access, and preparing communities for floods and other natural disasters. So Pete will be in charge over the next four years of the Department of Transportation. Under his watch, he will be overseeing hundreds of thousands of employees and a multi-billion dollar budget. Some of the things I can infer with Pete at the helm will be that he will look to foster some public-private partnerships. And as if you're a longtime listener of the show, you have heard me talk about how I like the model of public-private partnerships. It's not perfect and it's not ideal, but I do believe it is better than simply having solely the government fund infrastructure type programs. When you can get the public involved and, the, or I'm sorry, when you get the private sector involved and knowing the private sector while they are chasing profits, that is a very strong motivation to ensure that they deliver value at a lower cost so that the employees and the executives can be rewarded with very big profits. Now, on the other side of that equation, what I will eventually get to towards the very end when we start talking about stocks is th the likelihood now of particular companies and individuals within those companies getting rich is going to be 
pretty great. There's going to be some companies that are going to make out like bandits and like it or hate it. This is how, unfortunately, how wealth is created in the United States. Wealth in a lot of ways must be done through, in general, public-private partnerships, but wealth you know, wealth these days is going to be had when you can partner with the government. A great example of this that comes to mind is Elon Musk. No matter how much Elon Musk is an innovator, an engineer, the reality is, is the subsidies that Tesla has been given, the NASA contracts for SpaceX, this has definitely created wealth on unbelievable ways to Elon. And this is not a old model. This is not anything new. In today's day and age and, and for the foreseeable future, if you're looking to create wealth, you somehow need to get government contracts. You somehow need to develop government partnerships. Now, while Pete will be looking to infuse a bunch of money to private companies in order to build out his green energy plan in order to build out a lot of the roads and bridges and a lot in, in, you know, to take the microcosm of the smart streets, urban development program and graduate that into the entire 320 million population of the United States. He's going to have to work with automakers to get some of these projects done. Which brings me to the second topic of this particular week, and that is the Alliance for Automotive Innovation. The Alliance for Automotive Innovation, led by John John Bozell, John Bozella, is a lobbying group that represents the Detroit Three, Ford, GM, and Fiat Chrysler and as well as Volkswagen, Toyota, Honda, and other big automakers. They have a, another focus in mind, and that is really looking at autonomous vehicles and what that can do for public safety, what that can do for jobs. And so the Alliance for Automotive Innovation has put forth a proposal that does want to work with the Biden administration on setting better legislative priorities that align with a greater deployment of AVs. There's a part of me that thinks this could be a misdirection because if the Alliance for Automotive Innovation that is focusing or that's representing these automakers, if they're proposing autonomous vehicles, well, that's well and great. But there's arguably a more urgent, immediate need, and that is the electrification of vehicles, of providing charging infrastructures throughout the United States. And I do wonder if Automakers, of course, will, will, will continue to switch over their factory lines so that they can produce more electric vehicles. But if this lobbying group 
starts to focus the Biden administration on AVs, does that basically slow down the changeover of automakers from internal combustion engine engines to electric vehicles? I mean, the reality is, is right now, automakers are too, they're, 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 they're poised to continue to manufacture internal combustion engines in order to stay profitable so that throughout the years, they can then switch over the factory lines. They can wait to see who has the latest, greatest technology, battery technology to deploy in these vehicles. And so it just pushes out that electric, the electrification of America a little bit further out. So that could be kind of something interesting that could, you know, that I know I will be watching out for during the Biden presidency is to see if there's a mismatch between this electrification and probably and you know more than likely what Buttigieg wants you know of, of course having electric cars having an electric grid having v to v v to i v to x all of that provides probably a greater need than autonomous vehicle technology right now so now, if we start to look at then particular companies and stocks, that is, that could very much benefit from a Buttigieg reign as the secretary of the Department of Transportation, there's four particular stocks that I think are poised to do well in the short term. and. You could consider these four the bridge between with what Buttigieg wants and with what the automakers want. Those four are primarily involved in consulting. I'm talking about Jacobs Engineering Group. I'm talking about KBR Inc. I'm talking about Floor Corporation. I'm talking about um, AECOM, okay? Those four are publicly traded companies that already work with the government. And I do believe that these companies will be poised to do really well under a, you know, in a Biden presidency and under Buttigieg as the Secretary of Transportation. Specifically, AECOM is definitely one that has drawn a lot of my attention as of late. AECOM, as, and let me read you what AECOM is all about. AECOM, together with its subsidiaries, engages in designing, building, financing, and operating infrastructure assets worldwide. It operates through four segments design and consulting services, construction services, management services, and AECOM capital. One of the things that AECOM has done recently was acquired, or not acquired, but has a strategic partnership with Ampli Power. Ampli Power is a company based up in Northern California. Ampli is a company that has a 
very dynamic, very seasoned leadership team. And their focus is on transforming the public and commercial fleet transportation infrastructure by removing the challenges, surprises, and the learning curve that fleet, opera fleet operators often face when switching to electricity as a fuel. So again, these particular companies, Jacobs Engineering, KBR, Floor, and AECOM, are that bridge to meet Buttigieg's vision of what American infrastructure should look like and what a lot of consumers will be doing with vehicles when you know in terms of just buying and driving vehicles that are being manufactured by the automakers these four particular consulting companies i are poised i believe to do very well under a biden and Buttigieg uh reign aecom right now is near their 52 week high considering the fact that back at the uh, you know, steep drop in March. They were, you know, they were trading at that time, right at about the mid twenty mark, low twenty mark, and now they're back up to in the high forties. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of upside with AECOM. Their environmental, social, and governance score, as provided from Fidelity does rank them to be a leader in this segment. If you look at Jacobs Engineering Group, uh, Jacobs Engineering Group, they're also again at record highs. Um, they are trading right around the $105, $106 mark, which again is a 52 week high for them. Their ESG score is about average. If you then look at KBR, KBR is trading right at about just a shine or $30, which is near their 52-week high. They did reach their 52-week high prior to the crash in March. Their ESG score is not as great uh, as AECOM and Jacobs Engineering, specifically their social, the social aspects of their score uh, is ranking them as a laggard, partly because there are some investigations into alleged involvement in bribery and corruption. And then if you take a look at Floor, Floor uh, is not exactly at 52-week highs. Uh, they're trading just under $20. Uh, their 52-week high was at, it was just a shy over $20. Their ESG score is again average at best, and specifically at the governance level, they are receiving a laggard score, partly because there are, have been multiple employee fatalities due to an explosion at one of their chemical plants in Mexico. These four particular consulting companies I believe will be this, they'll be the handshake to make the automakers and to make um, the Buttigieg Department of Transportation happy. 
So keep an eye out on those four particular stocks. That's all I got for this week. We got a couple more episodes of the Friday Rundown uh, before we end the year. There's a lot of things coming up in 2021. Uh, NADA, National Automobile Dealers Association um, Conference is going virtual. I'll be providing some coverage on that. And this is not exactly anytime soon, but that NADA conference, by the way, is in February. But some of the other conferences are also Comotion, Miami, Comotion, Los Angeles. They uh, released their dates for 2021. The Comotion Miami event will be taking place in June. And then the Los Angeles event will be taking place in November as usual. And they're looking to go back to in-person uh, for that uh, November LA conference. So that'll be interesting to follow. Anyhow, thanks for tuning in to Wisco Weekly. Don't forget, please, if you're watching or at least listening to this on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to Wisco Weekly. If you're listening to this on the podcast, provide a rating and review. It's always greatly appreciated. Be well, stay well, keep your enemies close, keep your family closer, and take care of one another. Thanks all. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. Wisco Weekly is providing this information for educational purposes only. We are not providing legal, accounting, or financial advisory services, and this is not a solicitation or recommendation to buy or sell any stocks, options, or other financial instruments or investments. Examples that address specific assets, stocks, options or other financial instrument transactions are for illustrative purposes only and may not represent specific trades or transactions that we have conducted. In fact, we may use examples that are different or the opposite of transactions we have conducted or positions we hold. This site and any information or training therein is also not intended as a solicitation for any future relationship, business or otherwise between the members or participants and the moderators. No express or implied warranties are being made with respect to these services and products. All investing and trading in the securities market involves risk. Any decisions to place trades in the financial markets, including trading in stock or options or other financial instruments, is a personal decision that should only be made after thorough research, including a personal risk and financial assessment, and the engagement of professional assistance to the extent you believe necessary.